Could family genetics be a reason that no matter what we try, we still can't lose the fat and inches from our problem areas? To learn more, we spoke to Dr. Brian Strand from Sonobello. While some people can eat everything and stay thin, others diet and exercise daily and still pack on fat and inches to their problem areas. It's not your fault. It can be genetics. If you struggle to lose the fat from your tummy, love handles, thighs, and back, you're likely battling your family genetics. The good news is we have an answer. Sonobello uses a remarkable technique called microlaser fat removal. In one comfortable visit, the fat in your hardest places to lose is gone permanently. Stop wrestling with your family genes and lose the fat permanently. And right now, you can save $250. The results are life-changing. Do this for you. Don't wait. Visit sonobello.com slash save. Sonobello.com slash save. Sonobello.com slash save. Texting privacy policy in terms and conditions posted at textplan.us. Texting and rules for occurring automated text marketing messages. Message and data rates may apply. Reply stop, opt out. The pandemic has been hard on all our kids. New studies show more than one in three children who started school in the pandemic now need intensive reading help. That's right. Millions of kids in kindergarten through third grade in the United States cannot read at grade level. Here's the good news. Your child can be reading in just 30 days, guaranteed, with Hooked on Phonics. Even if your child has been struggling, Hooked on Phonics will teach your child to read in just 30 days, guaranteed. And right now, you can get started for just $1. Text the word GRADE to 323232 right now. Hooked on Phonics is highly effective and incredibly fun. And everything can be done right from home and in less than 20 minutes a day. For more than 30 years, Hooked on Phonics has been the proven learn-to-read program that kids love to use. Text GRADE to 323232 and teach your child to read in in just 30 days, guaranteed. Text GRADE to 323232 right now and get started for just $1. Text GRADE to 323232 now. Text GRADE to 323232. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. If you're a seeker, Don't miss the inspiring book, Shamanic Awakening, Between the Dark and the Daylight. This remarkable work chronicles shamanic counselor and indigenously trained dream decoder, Sandra Cochran's 35 years of experience with diverse wisdom keepers throughout the Americas. Sandy's initiations across the British Isles, Turkey, Greece, and Egypt, combined with her knowledge of symbology, psychology, and myth, influence her dream blog and workshops. Sandy offers private readings, Sacred International Journeys, a meditative CD, and her book, Shamanic Awakening, to encourage you as you navigate your earthwalk and create a deeper connection to yourself. Find this and more at her website, starwalkervisions.com.
The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiecki is largely an opinion talk show. All opinions, comments, or statements of fact expressed by Gwilda Wiecki's guests are strictly their own and are not to be construed as those of the Science of Magic or endorsed in any manner by Gwilda Wiecki, Relmar McConnell Media Company, its affiliated networks, stations, or employees. Welcome to the Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiecka, a program dedicated to uncovering the unified nature of reality and humanity's ever-evolving place as truly galactic beings. For more information on the Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiecka, visit us online at www.thescienceofmagic.net. Welcome to the Science of Magic, a place where science and magic come together to transform fact into evolving truth. We're proudly coming to you through the ever-expanding X-Zone Broadcast Network, xzbn.net, and can be also be found on our website, thescienceofmagic.net. I'm your host, Gwilda Wiecka. This hour, we'll be exploring infinite possibility. We're all living under a grand enchantment, diametrically opposed to the way life works. Many believe the world to be a harsh, hostile place we must control in order to survive. We've been convinced the only way to get what we need is to wrest it from the system or to trick it out of someone else. In our current polarized world, this has become our reality as we create what we believe. The more of us believing in a thing, the stronger that reality becomes and the more difficult to transcend. As long as we and those around us see ourselves as victims in competition with the world and each other for our basic needs, we're powerless to create. We're as children in a small playpen with not enough toys to go around and no more forthcoming. The current reality serves a consumer-driven system, so naturally it promotes it. We live in reversal, in fear of lack and in competition with each other rendering us predictable and controllable. Advertising media exploits this weakness unmercifully, as people are willing to pay or do almost anything to feel secure in their position and provided for in the future. What's the way out of this dilemma? Virtually all religions advocate trust and faith. We've come to translate faith as in an agreed-upon deity, I would argue that the original and most profound meaning is to have faith and trust in the way life works. Life is synergistic, self-sustaining, and self-perpetuating. Having trust and faith alone won't provide for us. We need to take action, set clear intent, and follow our promptings. Consider the deer in the forest. When it's hungry, it relocates to a field of grass. When it's thirsty, it follows a game trail to the water and when it's tired, it finds a safe, secluded place to make its nest. Come breeding time, deer actively seek out members of the opposite sex. They do not pile bales of hay on their backs in fear of lack or drink more than they need. When they're done sleeping, they simply walk away from the nest the night before, confident that there'll be another when it's needed. And they don't buy fancy cars, wear perfume, and aftershave, or have silicone implants to attract a mate. Conversely, humans have no faith in life. We're always attempting to control our environment and those within it to feel safe. We overindulge, hoard, and feel we aren't good or attractive enough the way we came. 
We've generated a world where we've created exactly what we have faith in. Struggle, illness, lack, and isolation. The walkout is not easy. Multitudes are holding this reality in place. We can set our intent and follow our promptings, but the overlording belief system can soon have us doubting our ability to create, and therefore we do not. It's ever so important to keep the faith and surround ourselves with others who encourage our dreams. We do create what we believe, but it's an act of co-creation. If we consciously set our intent, have faith in life, and leave ourselves open to infinite possibility, we'll be amazed at the wonderful choreography life provides. The outcome may very well be well beyond our wildest dreams. Our guest this hour is the author of The Gift of Maybe, Alison Carmen. Alison spent many years fighting a powerful addiction. It wasn't drugs or alcohol or fame. It was an addiction to certainty. If she didn't know what the future would bring and who does, she felt anxious and afraid. This decades-long struggle followed her through college, marriage, parenthood, and a stressful law career. Allison is in a constant battle with this unwinnable that's sapping her energy, attention, and spirit until the day she discovered the power of maybe. Today, Allison works as an author, life coach, and business consultant. She also writes a blog for the Huffington Post and Psychology Today. Allison has made several television appearances and is a guest lecturer at the Institute of Integrative Nutrition. After this commercial break, I'll introduce Allison, and together we'll walk the amazing terrain of infinite possibility. So don't go away. You're listening to The Science of Magic, thescienceofmagic.net. Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. How would you like to be able to read other people's minds? Well, the next best thing is here. When you know how to read a person's name, you know how the person thinks, feels, and behaves. Each letter in our name holds a key to unlock our true essence. Our name contains both our gifts and challenges in this lifetime. Nemology Science discovers personality secrets hidden in the placement of the letters of our names, including the first and last impression people remember about us. Sharon shows us how to interpret the arrangement of letters as outlined in her book, Know the Name, Know the Person. Sharon Lynn Wyeth created Nemology Science after 18 years of research and testing her theories and has supported thousands of people around the world in understanding themselves and others better. You'll enjoy Sharon's unique teachings as she shares her system to learn the gifts behind your given birth name. Even if you don't like your birth name, there are jewels in this book. 
If you're thinking of changing your name, ready to name your child, or wanting to get along better with others, this is the book for you. If you'd like to improve your relationships and change your life for the better, get the book today. Know the name, know the person. Or visit www.knowthename.com. That's www.knowthename.com. Take a step back in time and discover old Florida cuisine at Marsh Landing Restaurant in Felsmere, Florida. Enjoy delicacies such as frog legs, gator tail, catfish, and swamp cabbage, or enjoy the more traditional cuisine such as hand-cut Angus steaks, ribs, and seafood. Join us for breakfast with a southern flair featuring sweet potato pancakes, biscuits and gravy, and much more. Planning a party? Marsh Landing's private dining rooms can accommodate groups from 8 to 80 people. While you visit, enjoy the historic pictures, artifacts, and stories that line the walls. Marsh Landing is truly a unique experience. Marsh Landing Restaurant, 44 North Broadway in historic downtown Felsmere. Or visit marshlandingrestaurant.com. Marsh Landing, Old Florida cuisine at its best. Welcome back, folks. This is the Science of Magic, dedicated to unification and evolution of consciousness. I'm your host, Gwilda Wiecka. Our guest this hour is life coach, business consultant, blogger, and author of The Gift of Maybe, Allison Carmen. Her website, AllisonCarmen.com. Allison, thank you for joining us on the Science of Magic. Oh, thank you so much for having me today. You said you were addicted to certainty, and yet we live in ever-shifting landscape. Is certainty even a possibility, or is it an illusion? Oh, that's a great question. I, certainty is an illusion. Um, and I think intellectually, most of us know that there's no certainty, but emotionally we don't. And that's where the suffering comes. That's where the grasping comes. And that's where, you know, you had talked about in your first segment that this needing for security is, creates this grasping. So I think it's on the emotional level that we, we can't handle it because we're so afraid we're not okay. So yes, certainty is an illusion, but most of us make believe because we can't handle it that it's real. So we're trying, you know, when we're trying to be certain about something, aren't we attempting to control the uncontrollable? Yes, we are. But we're so, again, we're so frightened that we're not okay. So what we do, how we set this up, is that we're frightened and we feel very vulnerable at the unknown. We don't realize that we suffer because we think we know. We don't realize that uncertainty is this place where all things could happen because we're so scared we're not okay. So we write these stories about what needs to happen for us to be okay. And that's where this essence of trying to control everything comes in. It's the fact that we're frightened, so we write the story. I need to have this job until I retire. I need to have this amount of, amount of money in the bank until I'm 50. My child needs to go to this college for everything to be okay. And we hold the stories tight, and it makes us feel in control. So we play this game. It's not on purpose. It's just out of our fear we play this game with ourselves that this is what's going to happen. I feel safe and secure. And then we don't recognize the uncertainty in life until things don't work out as we planned. We, don't, we lose the job. We don't have the money. Our child doesn't get into that college. And then we spin out of control So until we can find a way to write another story to make ourselves feel better. And until we understand the, the story and the cycle 
of what we're doing to ourselves and how we're creating this suffering and we're grasping for something that's not even there until we have that recognition the suffering the cycle of suffering continues and like you said in the first segment we don't allow ourselves to really manifest the the life that we really want we have to shift our relationship with uncertainty that's how it is so if, if we're writing these stories, that sounds more like trying to be a controller rather than a co-creator. Is that part of the problem? Yes. And we're doing it out of our fear. We don't even realize we're doing it. So you're absolutely right. That's part of the problem. What are we afraid of? We're afraid we're not okay. Ultimately, we don't have a, a trustful relationship with the universe. We're frightened that the minute we don't know what's going to happen next in our life, we project things are going to be bad or they're not going to work out or are not going to be able to, our children won't be okay. We won't have the job. We won't be able to pay our mortgage. And you know what's so interesting? Krishnamurti said, uh, this great philosopher said, the reason why I'm happy is I don't mind what happens. We, mm. most of us, mind what happens. And that's where we get frightened because we don't realize that just because we don't know doesn't mean it's not going to work out. And just because we don't know doesn't mean our lives can't take these beautiful turns. And in, and reality is it's the not knowing that creates the life that we want. It's our ability to hang out in the unknown with that trust and faith that we really manifest everything that we're supposed to uh, in our lifetime. You know, this, this brings to mind um, a biblical reference uh, that uh, Adam and Eve were kicked out of the garden from eating of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And that sounds to me like what we're talking about here in that they chose to judge things as either good or bad and then act accordingly rather than being neutral and openly receptive right. of whatever came their way. Right. Yeah. We're always judging every minute we know. We think we know what's good, what's bad. We you don't know. And it's actually beautiful not to know. But the problem is, is that we're talking about trust and faith and relationship with the universe. If people are afraid of uncertainty, they can't get to that place. And that's, for me, what happened. That's where my addiction was, that I wanted to know because I didn't feel safe. And even though on an intellectual level, I said, well, if I could just have faith in life, if I could just trust things will be okay, my life would change. But I didn't have that faith and I didn't have that trust because I was so frightened. And so that's the piece I think that's catching a lot of people, that this fear and lack of relationship with the universe prevents us from getting to the place. And that's where this idea of maybe transform me from a place of fear and lack of trust to this other place where uncertainty actually became my best friend. You know, so how has entertaining this maybe transformed your life? You used to be a lawyer and now you're a a coach. How'd that come about? Well... Like I said before, I was addicted to certainty, so that meant if I didn't know what was going to happen, I projected things were going to be bad or they weren't going to work out. And a lot of people, I think, in our society have this problem. And what I did is what I would write stories to make myself feel better. And I, the grand story that I wrote in my life is that there would be a point in time where there'd be no more uncertainty, then everything would be great. And that point in time for me was I was going to become a lawyer. Uh, get a great job, make a lot of money, marry a great guy, and then everything would be great. And I wouldn't have to worry that fear, things weren't working out. And I pursued all those things. I married this great guy. I got a job at a very large law firm in Manhattan. And I remember actually, I know it sounds very naive, but I remember walking to work my first day feeling, wow, I've arrived. Now I got a handle on life. And the second day of work, my office mate walks in and says, hey, Allison, did you hear they're firing half the first years? And that was the first year. 
And it was in that moment that I recognized that life would always be uncertain. And it was unbearable for me. It was a recognition of it at the same time. It frightened me terribly. And so I stopped sleeping. I didn't feel well. Um, and just these things kept happening. I could not get a hold of my life. And I decided to pursue, you know, some alternative things like a better diet and yoga. And so I started to have more of a, a stillness and I started to be more centered. But the minute something uncertain happened in my life, I would spin out of control again. Until one day, I heard this beautiful Taoist story about this farmer. And he had a horse and his horse ran away. And his neighbor came by and said, you have the worst luck. And the farmer said, maybe. But the next day, the farmer, uh, the horse came back with five mares. And the neighbor came by to the farmer and said, you have the best luck. And the farmer said, maybe. But the next day, the farmer's son was on the horse. He falls off and breaks his leg. And their neighbor comes by and says, you have the worst luck. And the farmer says, maybe. But the next day, the army comes to take his son to war, and they can't take him because his leg is broken. So the neighbor comes by to the farmer and says, you have the best luck. And the farmer says, maybe. And what's so interesting, in the Taoist tradition, the story means things are neither good or bad. They just change. But for me, the minute I heard that story, I actually felt a pop in my chest. Because I realized every time I didn't know, I projected things were going to be bad. And that story just let me see that, well, whatever happens in this moment, it's going to change in the next moment. And within that change is hope and possibility. So what maybe did for me, it allowed me to be with uncertainty, but be with hope all without attachment. And now I see uncertainty as a place where if I want my life to change, it has to happen in the unknown. And when something happens, I recognize I don't know if it's good or bad. And in a way, it produced a cognitive faith, a faith that my mind could, could, could embrace. And then the more I hung out in the unknown with this comfort, this ease, this recognition that there are infinite possibilities in life, the more comfortable I got with uncertainty and the more actually I cultivated faith. So that's how I went from a total addiction to certainty to a life of, of maybe impossibility. That's fantastic. Well, um, I wonder how much do you think that our current systems encourage this fear and feeling incomplete in order to exploit the individuals in the culture? Oh, I think it's sold to us every minute of the day. I think that we're sold. These are the things that need to happen for us to be okay. You need to have this retirement account. You need to have this job. Your child needs to play sports. Your child needs to do this. You need to get this college. It's happening to us constantly. And so I think that it's our families, uh, the structure of, of our families and, and how, what we teach our kids, it's there. I think it's there in the media. Um, I think it's everywhere. So in a way, it's, we have to awaken to a new reality ourselves in order, I think, to, to shift it. And yet it's being, you know, um, encouraged all around us from, like you say, the minute we're born, the, our parents have been taught to be afraid. So what are they going to be afraid of? Our safety. Right. And, if, and it's been proven scientifically I did in psychological studies where um, if the mother responds in fear to a situation, the child will be afraid of it. But if the mother's confident of the same situation, the child will be yeah. at ease. And so we're conditioning our children through our own fear. Yeah. It's all around us. How do we transcend this? Well, for me, I actually changed this through this idea of maybe. It's incredible because it sounds like such a simple thing, right? Oh, this woman is telling me if I say maybe my life will change. But what happens is it trains your mind to think differently because it takes you from this place in your mind where you're so sure that you know what's going to happen next. Even if it's real or fake, whatever, you're so sure you know. It's this little fear that sits in your mind that controls you. 
and maybe does it takes you to this open place where you say, maybe that thought's not true. Maybe there's more. Maybe I could make a difference. Maybe I need to look at whatever your maybe statement is. The mind can't argue with it. And the minute you go there, the mind goes from fear to this place where even if your fear exists, it goes to this infinite place of possibilities where you recognize more as possible. So what it, the maybe practice, it's really incredible practice to retrain the mind to think differently. And over time, the more you engage in it, the more you are able to hang out on certainty, that's when you develop the relationship with the universe. That's when you develop faith. The problem is people are so afraid of letting go. They're so afraid of not being certain that they're not willing to go into that infinite playing field and even try out the relationship. So maybe this soft little beautiful place where we could start to think differently, live differently, shift that relationship and expose ourselves to all that's possible. So what this looks like neurologically is when we start to do the knee-jerk reaction of going into fear when things change that we hadn't planned on, we stop and pick maybe instead of certainty, which uh, starts us rerouting our uh, neurological pathways. Is this what you're seeing? It's exactly what I'm seeing. And what's so interesting, I had no idea in the beginning. In the beginning, it was just helping me feel less stressful. I'd come home, I don't have enough clients, things aren't working out, and I would just start doing maybe statements. Maybe that thought's not true. Maybe you need to call somebody. Maybe everything is great. Maybe it'll change tomorrow. It just allowed me to be less stressful. I didn't even see that it was even going to be more powerful than that. And then over time, I realized that I was more present because what happens is maybe stops the projection. It it ends that projection because that's why we're so in fear because we're living out the future all the time. And And if you're projecting out to the future, it's like a bottomless pit. So all of a sudden I became more in the moment. So here I am, I'm more present, I'm less stressed, I'm less worried, and then eventually my thinking just started to change automatically. I'm hanging out in the unknown, I'm cultivating faith. So yeah, I think at this point, my mind works differently because over time, because of this maybe practice, things I think are actually being rewired. And I think people ultimately cultivate faith, and that's the piece I didn't even see. I thought you'd have a maybe practice forever and you'd always struggle with uncertainty, but the reality is you have a reprogramming and you actually cultivate faith we're, and uncertainty we're going, to, we're going to have to pick up with this on the other side of a break. I'm sorry. Alice and I will return to our discussion on the flip side. We're coming to you through the Exxon Broadcast Network. Don't miss the other fine shows and hosts on xzbn.net. You're listening to The Science of Magic, thescienceofmagic.net. I'm Gwilda Wiecka. There are more possibilities to come, so don't you go away. Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. 
For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. While science pursues fact, magic accesses the quantum level, bridging random facts to form truth. As long as science and magic remain separate and polarized, the truth cannot be known. I'm Gwilda Wiecka. Join me on the Science of Magic radio program, dedicated to unification and evolution of consciousness. During each episode, I'll be speaking with experienced and respected scientists and mystics. From astrologers to astronomers, from medical doctors to shaman, the scientific method to dowsing and intuition, we'll weave together information from seemingly divergent practices to promote unity and enlightenment. Join me, Gwilda Wiyaka, and the Science of Magic right here on the Mutual Broadcast Network. For more information, visit www.thescienceofmagic.net. Gibbs A. Williams, Ph.D., is a practicing psychoanalyst, supervisor, researcher, and author in New York City. Much of his life has been dedicated to understanding nature and the uses of meaningful coincidences or synchronicities. His radical and original non-Jungian, non-mystical, non-magical theory of synchronicities illuminates much of the fog surrounding this challenging and perplexing topic. His ideas and manners are fresh, presented in a style that is both entertaining and highly informative. He is also an expert on crisis intervention, specially focused on violence reduction for the police and citizens, mastering anxiety, frustration, and stress without the use of medication, and effectively preventing and treating heroin addiction. Dr. Williams can be contacted at his email address at gwwilliamsny11 at aol.com or visit his website at... Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the Exxon Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the Exxon Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan, and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere. 24-7-365. healing must address four levels, physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual, for us to live joyful and productive lives. We tend to treat three of the four, leaving the spiritual languishing. If you're tired of the same dysfunctional patterns cropping up in your life, soul balancing is for you. Trixie Phelps, owner and founder of Soul Balancing, is a naturally gifted energy healer trained in numerous esoteric forms, including shamanism. Trixie has created a powerful modality that safely and effectively clears your energetic field. A soul-balancing session can remove interference, heal trauma, and restore your hope. Contact Trixie for a life-changing long-distance session today, www.soulbalancing.world.
This is the Science of Magic, a place where magic and science come together to promote enlightenment. I'm your host, Gwilda Wiecka. Our guest at this hour is life coach, business consultant, and the author of The Gift of Maybe, Allison Carmen. Allison, what's the science? We were starting to talk about the science behind maybe. What makes it work? I think what makes it work, again, is it it takes you from... Could family genetics be a reason that no matter what we try, we still can't lose the fat and inches from our problem areas? To learn more, we spoke to Dr. Brian Strand from Sonobello. While some people can eat everything and stay thin, others diet and exercise daily and still pack on fat and inches to their problem areas. It's not your fault. It can be genetics. If you struggle to lose the fat from your tummy, love handles, thighs, and back, you're likely battling your family genetics. The good news is we have an answer. Sonobello uses a remarkable technique called microlaser fat removal. In one comfortable visit, the fat in your hardest places to lose is gone permanently. Stop wrestling with your family genes and lose the fat permanently. And right now, you can save $250. The results are life-changing. Do this for you. Don't wait. Visit sonobello.com slash save. Sonobello.com slash save. Sonobello.com slash save. This place where you feel that you're doomed, you feel that you're stuck, you feel there's no way out, you feel that life can't get better. And it brings you to a place where you recognize that maybe more is possible. It doesn't demand it. See, the, the problem is, is that people try to engage in positive thinking and they wake up in the morning and they try to think today's the day that I'm going to get the client. My child's going to make the play. And if there are people are afraid of uncertainty, the minute something uncertain happens, negative thinking is going to take over and they're going to lose the positive thoughts. So the idea about maybe is it always challenges this judgment that we have about what's happening in the moment. We recognize, I don't know if it's good or bad and, and maybe Things will get better. Maybe they'll change. It's always offering us hope and possibility and the unknown, challenging these negative places that we go, these stuck places. So I think it invites us to the infinite field of possibility, and it gives us a platform to stand there for the first time, even if we are afraid. And that's what's beautiful about it. So if we are thinking positive, we're polarized in the positive. If we're thinking negative, we're polarized in the negative. Both tend to be taking the events of the past, superimposing them on the present, and making a rerun out of the future. But Nimeidi is neutral. Is this what you're getting to? It's First of all, you said that beautifully about positive thinking and negative thinking. It's hope without attachment. So it's more than... I wouldn't say it's neutral um, because it allows us to be hopeful. You know, in the field of maybe, can things be bad? Sure, but they could also be good. And that's where the hope comes from. So it, it brings us to not a new, it's not neutral. It's, it's neutral from the judgment. Is this good? Is this bad? But allows us to be open to the future with hope that life could get better, that hope that we could achieve our goals, that hope the world could be a better place, we could find more peace. So that's the neat thing about it is that we don't have the attachment from the suffering, but we do feel hopeful enough to move forward and open enough not to get stuck in all these negative beliefs that we have. Got it. That, you know, do you see children readily embracing maybe through their imagination, you know, when they're young? And then, then what happens? Why do they lose that natural ability as they mature? Um, unfortunately, they lose it because either their parents, do, who usually the best of intent. They, they have their own fears, and they believe that 
for their child to be successful, they need to do a certain thing. You need to go to college. You need to not, you know, doodle all day. You need to get busy. So what we do is through our own fear, we strip our children of that creativity, that imagination. Not all parents, but a, but a lot of us do that. And I think also they go to school and they're taught a certain way. We're always teaching our children to have a plan, make sure you know, so you'll be, you'll be able, just because something bad happens, you'll be prepared for it. And in reality, the best way to be prepared for life is to have this openness to believe in maybe, because we don't know what's going to happen next. And in order to find the sturdiness within ourselves, this resolve, we have to have a place to stand. And I say that maybe is the place to stand, because maybe allows you to be so present because you're not projecting the future, you're not worrying about the p- future, so you land in the present. So our children can land in the present. You see things for what they are in the moment. So it's not like this Pollyannish thing where you're like, oh, things will just work out. You're not saying that. You're very present. You see what things are happening today, but at the same time, you have the strength and resolve to make changes, to act, to do what you think is necessary. So that's what's so beautiful about it. It gives children back that creativity and that imagination, but at the same time, a really solid place to stand in the moment. So you get both imagination and a groundedness at the same time. So what's the difference between maybe and if? Um, no, I never thought about the, that before. I think they, they, they kind of have a relationship with each other. Um, I've never worked with the word if before, I guess one could say, um, well, I guess maybe if could be seen as maybe about the past, if this would have happened, if I would have done that. So in that sense, I think the word if is very tricky because it gets you caught. I mean, I always call that a reverse maybe. What we do often is that we we write stories that if I would have made a different decision yesterday, I would be okay today. Um, and we live in such regret that it prevents us from moving forward because we think we missed out on the, that one opportunity life would have, would have gotten us. And we don't realize that if anything would have been in the past, anything that would have happened differently, maybe we wouldn't be here today. Maybe it wouldn't be better. Maybe everything that happened was supposed to happen. And all we know, all we know is in this moment, here we are with the hope and possibility that moving forward, we could have the life that we want. So if, if we look at if as something that's creating regret from the past, it, it's not a really great, great word for us to use. So how can how can maybe help with manifestation? How does that play in there? Because if we're staying neutral and saying, well, it's, maybe it's good, maybe it's bad, neutral isn't active. So how do we how do we transcend that right. into manifestation? Right. Well, well, I think maybe what it does it, it again. It's not neutral. I think that the the fact that we're not judging if it's good or bad in the moment releases us to manifest. Because the reason I think we don't manifest is in this moment we're so busy judging what this means that we shut down. This is bad. This is horrible. Things can't change. My life will never be different. Boom. There's no manifestation. So it's the lack of, maybe allows you this lack of judgment, which opens you up. Maybe I could still have the life that I want. Maybe there's something else out there. Maybe I need to change my thought. Maybe I need to change my job. So here you are. You're like, I don't know what this means, but because I don't know, not knowing means there's hope, there's possibility, there's change. There's this grand uh, platform where so much more could happen. So again, it allows you the hope without the attachment. I'm willing to be hopeful. I'm willing to engage in all these things I want in my life. And I realize I don't know what's going to happen, but whatever happens, I'm going to be game to keep working, to keep changing, to keep availing myself to new things. So I think that's where the manifestation happens. I think we don't manifest 
because we think we know. We think we know and we don't know. And that's where the suffering happens. And that's where we shut down. I can't have the life that I want. And so maybe undoes, undoes all of that and puts us on a, a different playing field. So what does our personal intent, both conscious and unconscious, play in what we manifest through embracing um, possibilities? Well, I think it starts, I think your intent is, you can have an intent, right? My, my intent is I want to grow a business. I want to make the world more peaceful. I, I think intent's impo- very important because it's the initial energy of, of what we're going to do in our lives. Where we fall apart is that we, we go from intent to expectation, right? I intend this to happen. And then because we're so scared, we're not okay, we write the story of how it has to happen. So that's the part that we get caught in. We go from intent. If we could just say, I intend this, and then just let go. And that's what the maybe is so great. I intend this. I have no idea how it's going to happen. And maybe it'll happen this way, maybe that way. I don't know. And then when something happens we don't expect, instead of saying, oh, that intention can never happen. This is never going to work out. No, we don't do that. We go into maybe and say, okay, I thought it was going to be this way. Maybe this is okay. Maybe it's for the best. Maybe I need to make another decision. And then again, we take that intention to a new open space, a new infinite field of possibilities with the possibility to manifest. The minute we shut down on, oops, that's not the way I expected to see it fulfilled. Therefore, it's not going to be fulfilled. Then we've written the story. Then we're down the road into the future in fear. Is that what you're saying? Absolutely. And that projection, it gets us every time because it's this (laughs) – story, right? It's a story that has no bottom. You could create a nuclear war in your mind if you really wanted to about what's going to happen uh, tomorrow or the day after that. Um, so yeah, it, it, stopping that projection and landing in the moment and being flexible and fluid with change, I think that's how people really manifest in their lives. What do you see so important about being present? I think that's where we're most powerful. I think that's where life is really happening. I think that's where manifestation happens, new ideas, creativity, imagination. This is where it all is. And it's not also only manifesting, it's also living. There's this power and this beauty and this preciousness of each moment. And the projection just takes us far away from that. And you can't just go up to someone and say, stop worrying. Because if they're afraid of the unknown, they can't. And that's why maybe so beautiful, because maybe it challenges people's worry. And when they realize, I don't know if this worry is true. And again, it's so, it sounds so simple. It's just this word, maybe. But maybe my worry is not true. Maybe this is for the best. Maybe I need to make a change. Maybe I need to, because whatever that is, it neutralizes the worry. It brings us back into the present where we can enjoy life and we can also manifest. All manifesting happens in the now. And the enjoyment, the, the pure enjoyment of life happens in the now. But it's really tough for people to get there because they're afraid of the unknown. So maybe it's this tool that constantly brings you back again and again and again to this moment where you are most powerful. So if we have power in the moment and maybe keeps bringing us back into the moment, can we stay neutral enough, if you will, to stand in maybe and see, have faith that whatever's coming to us in some way does serve us, in some way does serve our intention? Is that part of the key? Yes. I think over time you get there. See, originally when I found this idea, I said, this is a cognitive faith. This is allowing people to be present enough to engage in the unknown as if just like someone who had faith had. That's what's so cool about maybe. You get to hang out with all the people who are just okay with whatever happens in life. You get to hang out with all the people that see infinite possibilities. What's so fascinating about it, it kind of gets you to a place where 
all the people who have such a great relationship with the, with the universe. That's where they hang out. That's what's so cool about it. It lands you in this place where everything changes. And over time, I think you, you cultivate faith. Because I reason, the reason I don't think we cultivate faith is that we're never willing to be uncertain. And that's the only way to do it. Either you were brought up that way and you believe it, or you had this amazing experience uh, with uncertainty. But most of us are resisting it all the time. That's why we can't cultivate faith, because every time there's uncertainty, we just want certainty. So we're never willing to cultivate it. So maybe, what's so cool about maybe is you're just practicing maybe, but because you're hanging out in the unknown and because you're willing to be uncertain, you cultivate faith over time because you start to have the first time in your life this beautiful relationship with the universe. You see how it flows. And that's the most amazing part. And when I wrote this book, The Gift of Maybe, I didn't know that. It wasn't until clients came back to me and said, I don't even use the word anymore. I, I just have faith. Uh, and I guess for me, too, I didn't realize it in my own life. I don't always use the word maybe anymore because I, I have a better relationship with uncertainty. So it's like this ebb and flow of intention, manifestation, lack of expectation, constant hope. And, and when you get to that place, like you said in the first segment, everything changes. Life opens yes. up. It's, it's amazing when you can just kind of sit back and watch what's yeah. going on around you rather than sitting on the edge of your seat, all concerned yeah. about creating something to your liking. Yeah. Because we don't, you know, yeah. more, mostly aren't we just creating solutions to problems we don't really have? Yeah, often we are. We are. Because, and why? Because we're so afraid of uncertainty. That's, at the end of the day, that's the game for me. It's if we could change our relationship with uncertainty, all of this changes. If we could stop running away from this fear of the unknown, everything from that point on, your whole life will change. We're but you have to, to be take, able to get there, right? We're, we're going to have to take another break. Alice and I will be back shortly, so don't leave us now. This is the Science of Magic, the scienceofmagic.net, the place where altruistic professionals of science and the esoteric create common ground for the betterment of our world. We're brought to you daily by the leader in paranormal, spirituality, and alternative health programming, the Exxon Broadcast Network, xzbn.net. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the X-Zone Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the Exxon Broadcast Network by calling 
401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan, and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere, 24-7-365. I am Dr. Carl O'Helvey, founder, president of a new cancer foundation focusing on evidence-based physical, mental, and spiritual interventions, including natural cancer cures, prayer, meditation, affirmations, nutrition, and other related holistic cancer prevention and cure modalities. These are used in cancer education, research, and financing care. I ask for your help to continue this important work by donating at www.holisticcancerfoundation.com. Wouldn't you love to know the secret to everything? Well then, meet Dr. Kimberly McGeorge and her cutting-edge breakthrough knowledge that combines science with possibility. Dr. Kimberly brings real-life answers and healing to those open to alternative solutions. She teaches solution-based programs and classes that will change all areas of your life forever. Specializing in conscious creation, intuitive readings, and energy medicine, you can rapidly shift health, relationships, business, and money and abundance challenges quickly. Receive her best-selling book, Secret to Everything, at no cost by going to secrettoeverything.com forward slash X zone. That's right. Transformation can start now. Just go to secrettoeverything.com forward slash X zone and receive Dr. Kimberly's book for free. Little children aren't the only ones afraid of the dark. Millions of soldiers return from war zones with PTSD, anger, frustration, fear, and loneliness, much of which surfaces during the darkness of the night. You have the chance to change the lives of these American heroes. Songs and Stories for Soldiers.us provides free MP3 players for these men and women. With a list of 3 million songs in 16 different styles, 100,000 audiobooks, and 30,000 old-time radio programs, every veteran can find something to soothe and comfort them at no cost. All our players contain an 8-hour audio program designed to help veterans fall asleep. With 1,500 plus vets now participating, it's our goal to deliver 10,000 audio players this year. Go to our website at songsandstoriesforsoldiers.us. Help us help a veteran make it through the night. You're listening to the X-Zone Broadcast Network, www.xzbn.net. Welcome back. This is the Science of Magic, bringing together gifted people of service to the world. I'm your host, Gwilda Wiecka. 
Our guest this hour is life coach, business consultants, and the author of The Gift of Maybe, Allison Carmen. Allison, we were talking about surrounding ourselves with positive people. When you start into this process, you're surrounded by who you've been when you've been in fear. And what happens when you have a whole bunch of negative people in your world and you're trying to um, be embrace maybe? What, what advice do you have for our listeners? Well, I think that's a, that's a really great question. I think sometimes people will look at you when you're trying to, to shift and they could be annoyed because you're not engaging in all that negative banter back and forth. You're not, uh, you might be looking at them when they're complaining and you might say, did you ever think that maybe what you're thinking is not true? Maybe there's another possibility. So people could get annoyed and relationships can change. But I think there are other people in your life that might be really intrigued by it because often, again, so much, so many of us are suffering because we think we know. So you might have a conversation with, with a friend or a colleague or a relative, and you might be able to alleviate their suffering with the way you're practicing. So I think certain relationships will flourish as they, as you communicate with, with people, you're helping yourself, you're helping them. They might flourish because they might just like, Maybe you're a more positive person. See, maybe also makes you more positive because you're not always engaging in the negative. You might be, people in your life might enjoy you more because you're, more, you're having a better ebb and flow in life. And of, of course, there are certain people that might fall by the wayside um, because you're not in that negative place and maybe your relationship was based on that. So I think several things are going to happen. I think it's, it's unpredictable. And, uh, but in the end, I think you'll surround yourself with, with people who are either just willing and able to engage in this this, this new way you're thinking, or um, I don't know, with people who want your help. I, I don't know how it works out. For me, I think that my relationships have changed. I think most of my relationships have changed for the better, but there are certain people that I'm not as close with now. Um, it wasn't by choice. It was just how my perspective shifted, and I guess some of the relationships I had in my life were based on more negativity. So, Got it. It does so you, you know, I've noticed this wonderful thing that happens when people start to entertain possibility, then they often go into what I call the yabbits. And that's to say they start to imagine something they want only to say, yeah, but that won't happen because right. what effect does that have on outcome? And what advice do you have about avoiding that little pitfall? Yeah. Well, but that's again, that's that's the story. That's the fear. The fear is that I want this, but it can't happen because of what happened in my past, or it can't happen because I'm not smart enough. It can't happen because I can never have that kind of life. So that but is the fear, right? It's the fear that I can't really have the life that I want. So that's why maybe is the perfect practice for that person. And I find a lot of people who come to my office or, or come to work with me, they, that's what happens to them. They have these beautiful ideas of what they want in their life, but because they can't see how every step will move them forward. They can't see it because we're not supposed to be able to see everything that happens next. We're only supposed to be able to see this moment and, and possibly have a feeling about what could happen in the future. But this fear of uncertainty is what creates that but. Because if people are willing to say, well, I'm not supposed to know. I just know that I have this great intention. I have this great idea of what I want in my life. And if they're willing not to know and they're willing to say, Maybe every step of the way, they're going to have the resilience and the courage to carry on. Again, it's that need to know that makes us complacent and makes us back off what we really want. Uh, how do you know that we're not supposed to know? How do you know that? 
I know that I can only say I know that from my own experience. And I also know we don't know. <laughs> it's almost like I said, we're, we're not supposed to know. We, we just don't know, right? That's the reality of life. I have no idea what's going to happen in the next five minutes. And I know when I try to know, I suffer. So for me, if I'm suffering and I'm hooked and I'm not in the moment, then something has gone wrong with my thinking. You know, I've noticed um, over the years that the more expansive I become, the more presence I become, the more indication I get by watching the patterns moving in life of what is going to happen. So there is a way, you know, at what, what's going to be coming and how to stand in the sweet spot in there based on your intent and bottom line. So is there a time when you can transition this absolutely having to be not knowing into one of having a little bit of a precog and a choice to where you stand and what's coming at you? I'm glad you brought that up because that's a different kind of knowing, right? The knowing I'm talking about is, is the one with that's, that's based on fear, that's based on projection, that's based on I'm here and I need to know. So it's based on the story. The kind of knowing you're speaking about is when you're in the ebb and flow, when you're, you're so present that your gut tells you what you need to do next. And even... We can't really know for sure, but our gut becomes our guide. And I think that's what you're talking about, that we're, we're so in that ebb and flow, that sweet spot, that we have feelings of what we need to do in the moment, right? And that, and that guides us moment to moment to moment to moment. It, it's not a guide that will tell me what will be in five years, but it's always with me, so I'm always in the know in the moment. And that's where our power is. That's the greatest power, the know in the moment. So the no in the moment doesn't sound like it's a mental thing where recorrecting yourself to step into maybe is. Is the correction of going into maybe and retraining the brain the way to get into the gut level following your knowing in the moment? I, I believe for me it is. I, I, I'm sure that people could get there in many different ways. But the hook that takes us out of the moment, out of that gut knowing, is the story and the fear. So I know that, yes, I have knowledge in my life. I am a lawyer. I'm a this. So I have knowledge. But when, when I'm not present and I'm not in my gut, what happens is that fear takes me out of everything. It takes me out of the, the wisdom that I've accumulated through my knowledge, through, through um, the experiences, and also takes me out of that, that gut knowing. So, yes, I think that maybe is, is a great practice to land you in that place where you have your wisdom, you have the facts that you know, you have your gut. And when you combine that all together – that's when you're most powerful. Do you think we're evolving at this time in history? And if so, how? Oh, I think that the, we are evolving. I think the election is, is almost like, uh, it's like a wake-up call um, for all of us to, to see how much uncertainty there really is and what are we going to do about it. And right now, I think it's been very easy for people to tell stories and grasp for certainty and make believe we have certainty. I think what's going on in the world right now is not letting us write that story. It's forcing us to say, life's uncertain. I have to accept this fact in order to move forward. And those of us who can shift our relationship with uncertainty and move from the fear to this place where we realize that not knowing is the greatest thing in the world because the fact that we don't know today means that things could change tomorrow if we're unhappy how things are today. It lands us in the moment, and it's when we become most powerful to take action to see the change that we want to see. So, yes, I think that there's an awakening, and those of us that are willing to 
cultivate faith or cultivate a shift in our relationship with uncertainty will be the most powerful uh, moving forward. So yes, I, it's a very exciting time in a lot of ways, um, I, I think. How can remaining open to possibilities support evolutionary thinking? Oh, I think that we don't grow, we don't change. Our consciousness cannot shift if we're stuck in fear. I think when we're willing to realize all things are possible, that life is infinite, we evolve. We evolve the minute we don't choose fear. And and the problem is, how do we all get there? So for me, it was this beautiful practice that allowed that. It allows me to constantly unhook every moment from everything I'm afraid of and allows me to embrace possibility. And when I embrace possibility, I evolve as a human being because I'm not living in fear. I'm living in this place where I'm so willing to engage in life with, with everything that I have. And I think that's how we elevate consciousness. And when you're not afraid, what are your love? So we're love, we're open, we're possibility, and we just shift and we rise as human beings. How can we tell the difference between just standing in infinite possibility and being Pollyanna in denial? How can we tell which one we're in? Mm. That's a really good one because I think often that's the biggest challenge that I get from people with the idea of maybe. They say, oh, maybe everything is going to be okay. That's so naive. How could you say that? And um, I think there's a huge difference. I think that if you're present, if you recognize that we don't know, and if you're present, really present, you see that life has infinite possibilities. It's just the story we're telling. So possibilities mean I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow, right? We know I don't know what's going to be tomorrow. Therefore, things could change and more things are possible. It's not a Pollyannish type of view. It's a view. It's a logic. For me, it's a logical view that in this moment, I can't know. And because of that, I don't know, I don't know more things are possible. I think people want to argue with it because they don't want to let go of their fear. <laughs> yeah, they want to know familiar. so badly, right? Exactly. They're going to argue something else. <laughs> yeah, we get, we get attached to our own fear because it becomes comfortable. And that is our reality. Right. You know, this has been wonderful. I can't thank you enough for being on with the Science of Magic today. Thank you so much for having me. All right. Our guest this hour has been life coach, business consultant, blogger, and the author of The Gift of Maybe, Allison Carmen. Her website, alisoncarmen.com. This has been the Science of Magic. Remember, you can always listen to past thought-provoking episodes on our website, thescienceofmagic.net. Don't forget to join us on the next episode of The Science of Magic. But until then, dear ones, may you be blessed with knowledge and comforted with love as you live a life of infinite possibility.